This is 93.5 CHMR-FM. I'm Mary Dalton. Good afternoon. A pleasure to be celebrating with you this afternoon. Thanks to Sarah Jeannie for inviting me. Uh, pleasure to be here with all the hosts. And thanks to Hans Rollman for everything. The linchpin, the sine qua non, the cornerstone, and so on and so forth. Sarah Jeannie asked me to read some Christmas-themed poems today. I found a few that are tangentially related uh, or directly to the season. But first, a short poem about November, my least favorite month of the year because of the short days and the fact that they will go on being short until the winter solstice. So this poem is about November and the ways we find to fight winter, one being to make rich and tasty meals for one another. The mandrake figures in this poem, the mandrake, the forked plant, which is uh, associated with fecundity and fertility. November. November prowls around the house, calls for rights against rage. Carrots more mandrake than mandrake, turnips cream and purple balls. You want the onions to bite, sear the split lip, garlic to sizzle in oil, the splash of red wine in the stew. One long-standing Christmas custom in Newfoundland is that of mummering, and the Mummers Parade carries that tradition on. In some parts of Newfoundland, that custom is not known as mummering, but as jannying. And the speaker in this next poem, a poem taken from my collection of brief monologues, Mary Begot, the speaker is talking about jannying. Twelve days of Christmas have people going from door to door in their communities in disguise, visiting, they're dancing, they expect food, they expect some drink, and it's all a time of, well, it's celebration, but I think it's also an acknowledgement of possible mystery, of making strange a time when you celebrate the possibility of the mysterious and the stranger. There are a few expressions in this poem that might uh, uh, need a word or two. Uh, to have copper kittens is to be really upset and angry. Drawers get mentioned, and they're not the dra drawers of a dresser or of a bureau, but uh, underpants, part a common part of the costumes sometimes. So someone is remembering uh, when Jannying was happened every Christmas. Jannying. Every winter it was the same racket. A hint of the jannying, our mother'd have copper kittens, but after a bit she'd give in to us, say yes, we could go. 
We'd rig ourselves up in any old fit-out, pillows and nets, cotton drawers on our heads. The boys let out squeaks, the girls spoke all gruff. One fellow missing a finger made up a false one so he couldn't be guessed. Once we'd get in, we'd kick up the mats, fire up the accordion, dance the whole night. The floorboards would shiver, the funnel turn red. First light of the sun, off we'd head home, bellies rumbling, and we ready to eat the leg off the Lamb of God. I ought to add that that image of the man without a missing a finger, making up a false finger so no one could know him by his uh, missing finger, comes from Chris Brooks' book about mummering. Chris Brooks uh, was vital when he was involved in theater with reviving the mummer play, and he has written a very interesting book about the traditions of mummering, if anyone would like to have a read of that book. Now, a third poem of mine with a link to Christmas, and I discovered going through my works that there aren't that many, but there were more than I thought. So this third poem is, on one level, it's a portrait of a very vital older woman, a woman who very liked to keep her kitchen extraordinarily hot. So it's uh, about a Christmas visit to that woman. There's a junk in the poem, well, a log, that's a, a log of wood ready for the fire. I think it's apparent the deck of, the deck is a deck of cards. And the cabbage man is the man who comes to deliver cabbage to the door. There was the cabbage man, the meat man, the coal man, the milk man. Uh, we think we have it good now, but it came to your door long before I was around to experience that. So, this poem, as I say, is about a Christmas visit, and it sees the woman as an embodiment of life energies, of winter-defying energies. Kitchen. Open the porch door. When you enter, her smile and the blast from the wood stove heat you to the marrow. She brings the flowered plate, the Christmas cake, the gold-rimmed glass of sherry. Seal, pigeon, buxom galleon, she slides her bulk behind the table. Twenty-five widows in this cove, we get together and play cards. She's had two offers, one from the cabbage man he knocked one day, took out a wad of money, asked her if she'd marry him. The other she didn't know at all. He came to the door, asked if she had cows to sell. Then, just like that, she laughs, prinkles at her remembered surprise, asked if she'd marry him. She shuffles the deck. In the stove, with a thud, a junk collapses into the inferno beneath. The air ripples in waves of heat. And I might add that 
the, the root of the word kitchen itself is heat. A visit from St. Nicholas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick i knew in a moment it must be saint nick more rapid than eagles his coursers they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name now, Dasher, now, Dancer, now, Prancer and Vixen, on, Comet, on, Cupid, on, Donner and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose he sprang to his sleigh to his team gave a whistle 
and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. <laughs>